Claudine Gay releases an op-ed with the New York Times. Well, we think she wrote it. We can't be sure. Who knows? Uh, but let's go through it. It's interesting. And Joe Biden breaks another record that he is really proud of. This is Gene, and you're listening to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Hey, this is Gene. Welcome back to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Well, the big release from the courts were is are the names from the Jeffrey Epstein thingy. And I told you yesterday, yeah, I, 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 I'm not completely clear these, this release is going to be anything big. And so far, nope, it really isn't. The only two names that were brought in, the only thing we can talk about even slightly is there were two new names released on the, the two names released from the court documents. And by the way, the court documents were 945 pages long. I got through about 300, and then I said, screw it. I'm going to sit there and just read about it. The two names were David Copperfield and Michael Jackson. They were actually mentioned. Um, Again, not real clear they were having sex with anybody, but they were there. Um, Bill Clinton and Donald Trump were mentioned. Uh, Bill Clinton, him and his advisor were there. the only thing they said about Clinton is that he does like his girls young, but that's about it. They There really were no accusations dumped on Clinton yet. Um, also, uh, Donald Trump. Apparently, Donald Trump was mentioned, but they just asked him if he was there. The answer was no. Had he ever been on the plane? The answer was no. Had he ever been to the island? The answer is no. So I was a little surprised by that because I thought, oh yeah, they're going to say that Donald Trump slept with 17 underage hookers or something. That didn't happen. Matter of fact, if anything, the document said that Trump had nothing to do with Epstein. We also have to remember that Donald Trump kicked Jeffrey Epstein off out of Mar-a-Lago for inappropriate behavior. And he actually testified in 2008 against Jeffrey Epstein during his first pedophile trial. So to sit back, you knew something was going to happen with this with Trump. And apparently what happened was he didn't like Jeffrey Epstein and never hung out with him. So there's that. Okay, the first thing I'm going to do is I'm just amazed at the New York Times. I, I really am. I'm amazed that they've got an individual in Claudine Gay who used to be the president of Harvard who got caught cheating, who wouldn't uh, condemn anti-Semitic genocide. She finally resigned. Of course, she was never fired. We talked about her yesterday. And the New York Times decides to, to publish a puff piece making her sound actually heroic. And this puff piece was, it was written by Claudine Gay. Again, I I said this in the introduction. Yeah, we can't be actually sure if Claudine Gay wrote this because apparently through her 25 years as a teacher and as a student, as an academic, um, she she didn't write much of anything. But let's go through this because it is so typical of this woman. So the, this this it, it, this woman, the institution, the New York Times, it's it's typical of everything. So it's called this. Cl-
Claudine Gay, what just happened to me is bigger than, what just happened at Harvard is bigger than me. And she's right. I that That, by the way, is the only thing right in the article. But she's right. This is bigger than just her. Because everyone's looking at, well, if you're talking to someone like me, this isn't about Claudine Gay. This is about Harvard. Harvard is the problem here, not Claudine Gay. Claudine Gay is a symptom of the bigger problem. So she is right there. Of course, by the end, she'll be a hero. We'll, we'll get to that. So let's, let's start reading this. So this is, again, from the New York Times. This went viral. Everyone wanted to read this. And it's pretty much exactly what you thought it'd be. So here we go. On Tuesday, I made a wrenching but necessary decision to resign as Harvard's president. For weeks, both I and the institution to which I have devoted my professional life have been under attack. My character and intelligence has been impugned. My commitment to fighting anti-Semitism has been questioned. My inbox has been flooded with invective, including death threats. I've been called the N-word more times than I care to think, uh, care to count, excuse me. Everything here is absolutely correct. She did have to resign. Yes, her professional life has been impugned. Yes, her character and intelligence has been impugned. The only thing I'm kind of doubting is that she's been called the N-word very much or that she's had death threats because these, these are typical. Th- First off, everyone gets death threats. I'm sorry, it, it's a common thing. Second off, um, the N-word thing. Okay, so what? Why is that even there? Who cares? So, you know, I'll believe everything else, but here you can see right off the bat, she's beginning with the victimhood status, all right? She can't really say much about her professional life, her character, or intelligence. She's already created that view of her professional life, character, and intelligence. Her professional life has been a lie. Her degrees are, are stolen. Her She has no character. And I'm telling you, I don't think she ain't th- she's that bright anyway. Okay, so let's continue. My hope is that stepping down, I will deny demagogues the opportunity to further weaponize my presidency in their campaign to undermine the ideals animating, uh, bad word there, animating, I don't know, ideals animating Harvard since its founding, excellence, openness, independence, and truth. Okay, so she is stupid because animating is really stupid. You don't animate excellence. So it's dumb. Again, uh, she's probably not, this is not going to happen. Her stepping down is not going to fix Harvard. Harvard is a disaster. She is a symptom of of the illness that is in Harvard. She is not the illness. The illness in Harvard is the ideology. But you can already see the demonization is beginning of anyone who questions her or questions Harvard by her you referring to him as demagogues. So you can see where this is going. Continuing, as I depart, I must offer a few words of warning. The campaign against me was about more than one university and one leader. This was mere, yeah, well, that's true. We are actually impugning the entire system. Uh, This was merely a single skirmish in a broader war to unravel public faith in the pillars of American society. Campaigns of this kind often start with attacks on education and expertise because these are tools that best equip communities to see through propaganda. 
But such campaigns don't end there. Trusted institutions of all types, from public health agencies to news organizations, wow, uh, will continue to fall victim to coordinated attempts to undermine the legitimacy and ruin their leader's credibility. For the opportunists driving cynicism about our institutions, no single victory or toppled, toppled leader exhausts our zeal. Okay, there are a, a few problems. She is right. Communist countries have been known to attack the intellectual, the intelligentsia, academics, engineers, medicine. Stalin, Lenin in the Soviet Union did this constantly. I mean, it's to the point where Stalin had a stroke and he could not get a doctor to help him because they had jailed all the doctors. This was absolutely true. Here's the problem that she's having. She's saying, and, and the reason they did this, the reason Stalin did this especially, was to get rid of the propaganda. He didn't want any anti-government propaganda. Here's the problem. It works in two ways. Here, this institution of Harvard is pushing pro-government propaganda, big government, diversity, equity, uh, critical race theory, critical gender theory. Harvard is pushing all of this stuff. Now, the reason she's having problems is, oh, well, now Harvard, Harvard is being condemned. Well, I got news for you. If you're at Harvard and you don't like critical race theory or gender ideology or anything like that, you are kicked out of Harvard. The previous two Presidents of Harvard were removed because they did not go along with the with the leftist ideology. We got to remember, she is the third straight president who had to leave Harvard. This one got nailed because she's a fraud. The other two got nailed because they didn't agree with Harvard's ideology, which is a pro-government camp. Uh, propaganda. So this is just, again, an example of this institution decrying something that they're actually doing. Okay. There is no free speech out there. Okay. And there is enough condemnation of those who don't agree with Harvard. Let's look at the Jews and the Palestinian thing. I mean, the reason this whole thing came about was because she simply couldn't say that screaming about the genocide of the Jews on campus is not a bad thing. She couldn't say it was a bad thing. She couldn't condemn it. She was a result. Her hiring was a result of that ideology. She wasn't hired because she was competent. She wasn't hired because she was the best choice. She was hired because she was a black woman. And that is part of the problem with that ideology. And that's why people were pointing out, my gosh, I, why? Not only is she incompetent, now we're hearing she lies. Okay, continuing. Yes, I made, made mistakes. In my initial response to the atrocities of October 7th, I should have stated more forcefully that all people of good conscience know Hamas is a terrorist organization that seeks to eradicate the Jewish state. And at a congressional hearing last month, I fell into the well-laid trap. I neglected to clearly articulate 
that calls for genocide of Jewish people are abhorrent and unacceptable, and that I would use every tool at my disposable at disposal to protect students from that kind of hate. Okay, first off, um, it's it's good that she admits she's wrong. Okay, gotcha. Second off, that wasn't a trap. Do you condemn people who are on your campus screaming for the genocide of the Jews? That's a yes, no question. That's not a trap. It's a, I'll go a step further. It's a really easy answer. Yeah, I do. I don't agree with it. Okay, what are you doing about it? And then you can go on from there about free speech and crap, which by the way, Harvard has no free speech. Say a man is, cannot be a woman, you're kicked off a campus. There's no free speech. Okay, so what she could have done is she messed up. She could have fixed her statement and moved on, but that's not what the complaint was about. The complaint is about what she's doing about it, and she doesn't want to do anything about it, and nothing has been done about it, and nothing was done about it. She supported the anti-Semites who were calling for the eradication, who were calling for the genocide of the Jews. From the river to the sea, calls for an infatata. Those are all genocidal statements. She did nothing, was doing nothing, and had no plans to do anything about it. And that stuff is what leads to a Jew getting lynched. She did nothing about it, and that's where the problem lies. I mean, that's where her first problem lies lies okay continuing most recently the attacks have focused on my scholarship my she should put scholarship in quotes there she doesn't but she should my critics found instances in my academic writings where some material duplicated other scholars language um the problem was they weren't her academic writings they were somebody else's academic writings we'll get all to into that let me just read this because I can go off on this. Academic, uh, okay, my critics found instances in my academic writings where some material duplicated other scholars' language without proper a- attribution. I believe all scholars deserve full and appropriate credit for their work. When I learned of these errors, I promptly requested corrections from the journals in which the flagged articles were published, consistent with how I have seen similar similar faculty cases handled at Harvard. I have never misrepresented my research findings, nor have I ever claimed credit for the research of others. Moreover, my God, just the stupidity. Um, You copied somebody else's work, which means you claimed credit for their work. Moreover, the citation errors, they weren't citation errors. You didn't cite anybody. Moreover, the citation errors should not obscure a fundamental truth. I proudly stand by my work and its impact on the field. Okay, come on. She cheated. She cheated. Everything she just said is bullshit. She stands by her work. It wasn't her work. That's the problem. She stands, she, improper citations. See, she didn't citate anything at all. And by the way, that whole my scholarship, put it in quotes. You you have no scholarship. Over, between, right now what they found is between 50 and 60 different documents, including her doctoral dissertation, had plagiar- plagiarized quotes inside. 
And it wasn't just experts that saw those quotes. It was the people that actually wrote them said, yeah, yeah, no, that's my, that's my quote directly. We're not talking one or two lines. We're talking paragraphs of information was copied. This wasn't her scholarship. Her doctoral dissertation, that brings us to another point. Is she really a doctor now? If you cheated in your doctoral dissertation, isn't that enough to sit back and say, um, maybe you're not a doctor? Maybe we need to question your doc- your doctorate, your master's degree, because you have to write all that stuff down. Yeah, no. This is this is basically sugarcoating a major sin in colleges. I mean, there, I, like I said, there are plagiarization engines you can stick your paper in, and it will. And they were around back when she wrote this stuff. I mean, we're talking this is between 2002 and 2010. She could have pumped this stuff in. It would have told her, no, you copied this from here. And that would have been it. She never did this. Continuing, despite obsessive scrutiny of my peer-reviewed writings, few have commented on the substance of my scholarship, which focuses on the significance of of minority office holding in American politics. My research marshaled concrete evidence to show that when historically marge... Okay, uh, I am going to break this up. Okay, despite my obsessive scrutiny of my peer-reviewed writings, few have commented on the substance of my scholarship, which focuses on the significance of minority office holding in American politics. First off, um, peer-reviewed writing. She does this to say that her writings were legitimate. What I'm saying is this shows a systemic problem within the college. If this was peer-reviewed and no one caught that this was plagiarized, what's the point of peer review? Here's a reality. Do I think the peer review actually might have caught some plagiarism? Probably. But they ignored it. And why? Because she's a black woman. This was in 2002. Now, mind you, be very much aware that this critical race thing has been going on since the 70s. So her being black, that was important for Harvard back then. This wasn't something that just came about in 2021. So that's one of the questions. Who peer-reviewed your documents? Because I think we need to take a look at those individuals. Few have commented on the substance of my scholarship. Here's your problem. We are questioning whether it is your scholarship. That's the big argument here. You plagiarized over 50 documents. What scholarship do you have? She never published a book. And then finally which focuses on the significance of minority office holding in American politics. In other words, don't look here. Don't look at what I wrote. Look at what my point was. This is the means to an end BS. Anything, uh, Any means to an end. I can cheat, but the end is to create diversity. Continuing, my research marshaled concrete evidence It's not your research. Again, that's your problem. Concrete evidence to show that when historically marginalized communities gain a meaningful voice in the halls of power, it signals an open door where before my 
many saw only barriers, and that, in turn, strengthens our democracy. The problem is, the entire process just proves that she was given benefits. You can copy and paste anything you want, but because you're a black woman who believes in diversity and will probably scream racism, because that's what she does, they won't say anything. Throughout this work, I have questioned, uh, I asked questions that had not been asked, used then cutting edge quantitative research methods and established a new understanding representation in the American politics. This work has been published in the nation's top political science journals and spawned important research by scholars. This is true. It is published in science journals. And do you know what the problem is? That's where we find out, found all the plagiarism. By the way, what's amazing is the guy who found all this plagiarism was a guy named Chris Rufo, who has like a degree, a journalism degree from a Cal State school, not a $60,000 a year college like Harvard. And he did go through those top science, political science journals. And guess what he found? All the plagiarism. And how did he find it? He took those articles, he ran them through a plagiarism engine. This is not rocket science. I've done that. My wife has done that. When she went through when she's going through school, we all run this through plagiarism engines. Continuing. Never did I imagine needing to defend decades old and broadly respected research. <laughs> broadly respected? It's broadly respected now? It's not respected. That's the point. It's not your research. That's the point. It's decades old, which means you've been doing this for decades. That's the point. That's what people are doing. That's what they're criticizing. They're criticizing your findings. They're criticizing the fact that they're not your findings. Those who had relentlessly campaigned oust me since the fall often trafficked in lies and an hominin insults, not reasoned argument. They recycled tired racial stereotypes about black talent and temperament. They pushed a false narrative of indifference and incompetence. I don't know what she's talking about there. Again, this is a word salad. No, that's not what anyone's doing. What everyone is doing, saying you can't, you can't condemn anti-Semitism and you plagiarized all of your work that we know, all the work that we know of, you've plagiarized over 50 times. You shouldn't be president at Harvard. You shouldn't even be in Harvard. You probably don't even have a, a legitimate doctorate. You probably should never be teaching again instead of earning a million dollars a year, which is what she's doing, teaching. I don't think any of this has to do with this stuff that she incompetent uh, false narrative of indifference and incompetence um well first off i don't think incompetence is a false narrative you claudine gay believes she's incompetent do you know why i know claudine gay believes she's incompetent because she plagiarized if she thought she could come up with a competent idea she wouldn't have plagiarized she'd have come up with the ideas herself but apparently she doesn't think she can. And of course, racial stereotypes about black talent and temperament. What does that have to do? You see, the problem is 
you didn't show any talent here. None of this was your stuff. You lied about it. We're not sitting there and saying racial stereotypes about black talent. If anything, if you're talking about the stereotype that you're incompetent, but you're being promoted as black, you did that. You did that by plagiarizing. So if anyone if anyone is pushing the stereotype, you pushed it. Okay, and by the way, you're coming up with that stereotype. Nobody is saying she can't do anything because she's black. No one is saying that. They're just saying, uh, you've been copying stuff. That's what people are saying. Continuing, it is not lost on me that I make an ideal canvas for projecting every anxiety about the generational and demographic change unfolding in American campuses. A black woman selected to lead a storied institution, someone who views diversity as a source of institutional strength and dy- dynamism, someone who has advocated a modern curriculum that spans from the frontier of quantum science to the long neglected history of Asian Americans, someone who believes that the daughter of a Haitian immigrant has become as something to offer to the nation's oldest university. Word salad. Absolute word salad. I mean, we're, we're going into the racial thing again, but it has nothing to do with the... You know, here's the thing, Occam's razor. Usually... The reason for something is the simplest reason. Um, people are going after you, you because you support genocide of the Jews on campus and because it's free speech, which is the only thing you think is free speech. And um, you plagiarized. Very simple. She could sit there. If she was in front of me right now and she had said, listed this crap, I'd say, no, it has nothing to do with that. You plagiarized most of your papers and you won't condemn um, genocide of the Jews. That's what I'm against. But you got to make it about racist because she she can't be the bad person here. I still believe that as I return to teaching and scholarship, which is a big problem. She shouldn't be returning to teaching. She should be kicked out of the profession. I will continue to champion access and opportunity, and I will bring to work the virtue I discussed in the speech I delivered at my presidential inauguration, courage. Because it is courage that has buoyed me through my career, and it is courage that is needed to stand up to those who seek to undermine what makes universities unique in American life. See, here's the thing. Um, it's not courage to stand in front of a classroom of a bunch of people who have been who have been indoctrinated to believe in what you believe and say the ideology that is pushed by the college. That's not courage. Okay? Uh, you're not a champion. You should, you know what takes courage? Debate me. Debate Ben Shapiro. Debate, I'm not even smart like that, but debate someone who doesn't agree with you. That takes courage. What also takes courage is to admit you you effed up because that's what happened. You effed up, but you don't have the courage to actually admit it. That's sad. Okay. And and by the way, I'm going to say this again. I said it I said it a few minutes ago, but you should never work in this field again. Ever. 
what you did has blown careers. Yet not only has your career not been derailed, you are still at that school doing less work and making a million dollars a year. You are not a hero. Continuing, having now seen how quickly the truth can become a casualty amid controversy, what what truth is that? What truth is becoming a casualty? I'm curious. I'd urge a broader caution. At ten, and she doesn't mention that truth, by the way. What's the truth? At tense moments, every one of us must be more skeptical than ever and of the loudest and most extreme voices in our culture, however well-organized and well-connected they might be. Too often they are pursuing self-serving agendas that should be met with more questions and less credulity. College campuses in our country must remain places where students can learn, share, and grow together, not spaces where proxy battles and political grandstanding take root. Universities must remain independent venues where courage and reason unite the advanced truth, no matter what forces are set against them. Is she kidding? There you have it. Universities, it's one train of thought. You're allowed one train of thought. You will go against that one train of thought. You're out of the university. You're standing in front of a student judicial committee. Okay, continuing. I, this, this is, this is, in, in conclusion, in conclusion with the story, this is just an absolute garbage story. She ends up being a hero, or in her own mind. And the New York Times should be ashamed of this. The New York Times should be sitting back and saying, asking some questions here. Like, um, how about addressing some of the questions about the plagiarism? What about addressing what you're doing about anti-Semitism on campus? I mean, what about some of that stuff? That's what I'm... What about your doctorate now actually under scrutiny because you plagiarize your doctoral dissertation. What about that stuff? These are questions that should have been asked. A question, by the way, this was released yesterday afternoon. Um, they've already shut down the comments. They, the comments, some of them, most of them, a lot of them were just happy, go lucky, she's a hero, blah, blah, blah. There were a lot of them that said, you cheated, you should be kicked out. And they, so they decided, screw it, we'll just shut down the comments. But these are questions the editorial board should ask. They never bothered. As a matter of fact, the editor of the New York Times should actually be pretty embarrassed to, to have published this. I mean, wow. Okay, let's get to our second story here. This is awesome. So Joe Biden's broken a record. I want to congratulate him. I mean, it's a record that he's going to love. Nobody else loves it. Um, I'm sure when he gets back from the vir- his vacation in the Virgin Islands, he, he will be told and he'll have a cake or something celebrating. According to the Post Millennial, it has been revealed that agents at the southern border recorded over 300,000 encounters with migrants in December, smashing the previous record 
of course, by Joe Biden, congratulations, of 269,000 or 270,000, which was set in September. Every month of the fiscal year 2024 has thus far outpaced FY 2023, as the crisis at the southern border shows no signs of letting up. According to Fox News, sources familiar with the data collected by the Customs and Border Protection confirmed that 302,000 encounters were recorded in December, though the numbers have not yet been released to the public. Now, mind you, that 300, and it's been released, it's been over 300, it's over 302,000. Okay, so they've been replaced replaced today uh, or yesterday. Um, here, here's the kicker with this whole thing. That's 302,000 people in our country right now. That doesn't include the people they didn't catch. So you're looking at quite possibly almost a million people got in last month. And by the way, January is starting out with a bang. 11,000 illegal crossings yesterday were caught. 11,000 in one day. Oh my God. And then we got more great news. There's a caravan of 8,000 crawling up the, up the uh, country of Mexico right now. And they're coming up to the border. And of course, for some reason, they all have cell phones. They all have tents. They're carrying flags from their countries. They're wearing new shoes, new clothes. They don't look dirty. Hmm. I wonder what's going on there. Greg Abbott, he keeps stemming the tide. He keeps trying to do the best he can. And he just keeps getting fought. He's trying to stop. I mean, 11,000 people a day now are coming over. Now, again, that's separated between California, Arizona, and Texas. But Texas is taking a brunt of them. So what is what has he done? So he called the National Guard in to block the border and keep people out. The federal government sued. He put up storage containers to create a makeshift wall. The federal government sued. He tried to repair and finish the wall on the southern on this Texas border. The government sued. He put in flotillas to block people from crossing the Rio Grande. The government sued. He set up barbed wire to block people from coming through. The government sued and actually ordered Border Patrol to take down the barbed wire. Now he is making it illegal to be, get this, I know, weird. He is making it illegal in the state of Texas to be an illegal alien. In other words, he has decided that, okay, since the federal government is not going to do anything, and we typically don't need to worry about illegal immigration. Um, we'll just make it illegal to be an illegal alien in Texas and then deport people or put them in jail. And guess what the government is doing? They're suing. Now, the only thing that has Greg Abbott can actually do to stem this tide is send all the illegal aliens to different parts of the country that want to accept illegal aliens. Chicago, New York City, Washington, D.C., Baltimore, Boston, Los Angeles, Sacramento, San Francisco, Martha's Vineyard, 
all those places that are, are sanctuary cities. Well, guess what? <laughs> They're not thrilled. So New York Mayor Eric Adams is trying to stop Texas from sending illegal aliens. So far, 130,000 illegal aliens have been sent from Texas to, um, uh, to New York City. Now, these guys have no skills. They can't speak English. They're not real positive for the New York City economy. A lot of them are homeless. They're sitting on the they're sitting on the streets in tents. Tents, by the way, that the city gave them, or they're being put into hotels, and the city is paying the hotels to house these people. And by the way, those these people are destroying the hotels. Okay, so he realized we can't handle this, and he realized that after Greg Abbott sent another eight busloads of illegal aliens into New York City, eight bus loads. Well, what he Adams decided to do was he decided to require a 32-hour warning that the bus companies must give New York City before the illegal aliens arrive so that the city can prepare. If a bus did come to New York City before um, without the 32-hour notice, then the bus company would be fined $500 per bus. Well, Texas governor realized, okay, this is going to be a pain in the ass. So what did he do? God, this guy is good. He decided to send the buses, not to New York City, but right across the river to New Jersey. So he dropped these people off at, um, uh, what was the city? I I I didn't write the city down. He dropped them off right across the way into New York City. And then the illegal aliens take the public transit system into New York City. So if um, uh, Eric Adams, who, by the way, is the only Democratic mayor that at least has told the government there's a problem and you guys are causing this problem, at least he's done that, unlike the next Gutton mayor we're going to talk about in a second, now he can't find the bus company because the bus company is the Metro. And if he finds the bus company, he's basically finding the city of New York. Good job, Greg Abbott. Keep it up. You've got states like California. Gavin Newsom is beginning to see, well, we'll get to laws of California. California next week. We're probably not going to talk about it. But California has now said that a million, we, we need to give health care to a million people. I mean, we're at a $68 billion debt, but Gavin Newsom says we need to give free health care to illegal aliens. So yeah, that's going to work out. Everyone needs to leave California. California has become Mexico. We just need to get out. It's a disaster. But keep sending them to California. They seem to want to bring them over there. Greg Abbott needs to just keep sending these people. And of course, one of the states he's really nailing is Chicago. He's sending a ton of illegals to Chicago. Not quite as many as to New York City, but quite a few to Chicago. So high school study social high school social studies teacher and Chicago mayor Brandon Johnson has a way to solve the problem. He has figured out how to deal with illegal immigration that is really corrupting his city and it's already a corrupted city. Um, call Greg Abbott a racist. That will fix everything. 
because it's never been pointed. Greg Abbott has never been called a racist before. Here he is making a really nonsense, making a nonsensical statement. And this guy looks like an automaton. He looks like, I'd say he looks like just a robot with artificial intelligence, but there's no intelligence whatsoever. So I don't know what you'd call it. Let's listen. What is very clear is that not only are we providing uh, mental health related services, as well as vaccinations and health screenings and providing um, medical health care for these families when they arrive, the moment they get off those buses, we're not seeing that same treatment at the border. In other words, there's no health screenings, no vaccinations. That process at the border is absolutely raggedy and, and reckless. But we cannot have a governor who decides that he's going to uh, mm. cling to the vestiges of Jefferson Davis when we should be uh, pulling to the hopes and aspirations that were left by Frederick Douglass. We have to have a coordinated response to this humanitarian crisis. We cannot allow chaos to dictate and to divide mm. this country. Okay, my big question is, when did it become... Um, Greg Abbott's responsibility to vaccinate and give these people health care. Last I checked, that's what conservatives are complaining about. It's not our responsibility to do any of that stuff. These people are not members of our country. They're illegal. They don't belong here. They need to be sent back. It's the responsibility of their countries to do that or their responsibility, not ours. And as far as the Jefferson Davis thing goes, I that doesn't even make sense. But that's the only thing these guys have to lay on. They can't call him a homophobe because it, that really has nothing to do with it or a bigot. So, you know, the only thing left is they can't really call him a sexist because most of these illegals coming over are men. Um, and you can't really... Uh, so the only thing you have is racist. So there it is. I But... None of this stuff is working. And of course, all these guys failed to understand that this is not Greg Abbott's fault. This is the, It is not the responsibility of Greg Abbott and Texans to keep all the illegals in. It's not their problem. You guys made yourselves sanctuary cities. Take them. Instead of blaming Joe Biden for the problem... Because Joe Biden takes responsibility for the problem. He does, doesn't say it. He blames Republicans, of course. But the reality is he sues every time they close the border. So he is basically saying, no, we want the border open. He is taking responsibility with every lawsuit. But, you know, I, I, let's, let's blame the Republicans. Okay, I hope you guys have a great day. We'll talk to you tomorrow. This is Gene, and you've listened to Dumbasses Talking Politics.